Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. Your car and boat insurance bundle with Progressive. Impressive discounts. Mount fat stacks of Benjamins. Remember when things weren't so simple then? Such a pain. Now you're gobbling up savings like chicken chow mein. Mm. Bundle your boat and car insurance and save with Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. His eyes darted between the blue wire and then the red wire. Back to the blue, back to the red. A bead of sweat dropped from his brow to his hand, which grasped a pair of pliers. He took a deep breath, steadied himself, and cut both with one swift squeeze of his tool. <coughs> the boy screamed as the doctor pried the braces from his teeth. If this 20-second performance made you feel something, imagine what an entire Audible book can do. Visit audible.com to start your free 30-day trial. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour. I am Rena, and I am pleased to be your host today of the Impact Hour. I have a very special guest joining me today, and we're going to spend plenty of time talking about families and children and helping them to become strong and stay strong. And so I am very thrilled to introduce to you our special guest today, Tiffany Leffler of Defending the Cause Regional Alliance. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thanks so much, Rena. It's wonderful to be here. I'm beyond excited because Tiffany and I had a conversation the other week about being a guest on the show, and we just talked and talked and talked. So Tiffany is a wealth of information and experience in the area of families and children Mm -hmm. and very much your passion and we love highlighting people who are passionate about something and are making a difference with that passion Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show also excited because uh, Tiffany's created the Defending the Cause Regional Alliance so seeing a need regarding families and children she didn't just go create another organization because there's actually lots and lots of them here in Sacramento doing great work. Mm-hmm. She created an alliance to help bring them together. Exactly, and, yep. And so I was very excited to hear about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Absolutely. your passion? Yeah. So in addition to working with the Regional Alliance, I'm actually also a part-time physical therapist. Okay. And my husband and I have been married for 10 years now, and we're about to become adoptive parents in the next couple weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. There's like five things I could dive into <laughs> right there. I just want <laughs> I just want to make the point. So you've created this this regional alliance and your physical therapist. Yes. I highlight that for my listeners because a lot of people have jobs they need to support themselves mm-hmm. and they want to make a difference. Yeah. And it's easy to get a little stuck being like, well, I don't know how I can support myself with this. Yep. So you found a way to have it all. 
Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Um, my passion to help people really began um, with my career, and so I wanted a career where I could engage with people, have great conversations, and also help them in their lives. So physical therapy fit the bill. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a wonderful career. I've been a PT for 10 years, and so that's uh, something I was doing full-time up until about a year ago, and God has led me on this journey to advocate for kids and through a series of events start the Regional Alliance, but I, I still love my physical therapy job. That's neat. So do you like the hands-on nature yes. of that? That's yep. cool. And yeah. watching all the change, I can imagine. Yeah, it's really fun to see somebody recover from a car accident or surgery oh. or um, any type of injury, really, and then have their life back because they're more mobile and the pain's gone. So, And, and that is a substantial difference because without that intervention, it would, it would be dramatically different for them, right? Yes. And right. I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but then I realized doctors don't spend much time with patients, oh. and I love to talk to people. I uh-huh. love to engage and learn about their lives. And so the physical therapy aspect, I usually see my patients twice a week for an hour, so I get to know them and, and really be involved in their life, which is fun. That sounds very satisfying. So I love that you're doing work that you enjoy, which is very different than work that's draining and overly taxing. So you're doing something you enjoy, and that makes you able to go and make the difference regarding children and families. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your your journey a little bit with you and your husband and why you've gotten where you're at right now. Yeah, we when we first started talking about building our family about two or three years into our marriage, we really felt like adoption was God's plan A for us. Um, For a lot of people, it's plan B, and that's not a bad thing. There's a lot of times people have infertility challenges or they had a difficult first pregnancy and then decide to adopt on the second. And that's wonderful. But for us, our story is a little different. And so we really felt like um, there's so many kids out there that that need good homes. And so we really wanted to adopt as our first priority. And so um, we felt like God was tugging our hearts towards international adoption. And we're actually adopting two kids from Haiti. So... Wow, why Haiti? That's um, fascinating. Yeah, we went to Haiti after um, the earthquake in 20, uh, 2010, oh. and our hearts really broke for the people in Haiti, not because we saw the poverty, but because we saw how strong they are and how warm and open and welcoming and, and incredibly resilient people they are. And so um, we spent the last seven years doing missions work there. So I've been to Haiti actually 25 times. Wow. Uh, my husband's there right now. He's been oh. many more times than I have, but um, we, we decided to adopt there first just because we ended up meeting our kids. Um, We were delivering food and doing some work at an orphanage, and that's where we met them. Mm -hmm. And so I've had that question a lot because there's a lot of kids locally that need to be adopted, and and our heart is for that too. Um, I think we'll probably do foster care next. Um, (laughs) We're just going to close this chapter and bring these kids home. And how long has this taken you to get this adoption Uh, It's been six and a half years now. Uh, International adoptions typically are about two to three years for the process. Ours has been extremely slow because we've kind of hit uh, complication after complication. The the kids were in an orphanage that was a human trafficking ring, um, and then there was a lot of political corruption that covered it up. So it took a while for that to, to kind of end and... The orphanage was finally closed, so that's good. Wow, that's that's a lot right there. And mm-hmm. what really stands out to me is how persistent you and your husband have been. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know if I would have what it takes to wait six years for an adoption, six and a half plus years. So I think that's very exceptional and a testament to uh, what God has put on your heart. That, that seems like extra supernatural to me. I think I think you're right. I think it has been supernatural because waiting six and a half years for anything is really hard. 
or anything, right. let alone your right. child. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so being distant, I think that the what has given us the persistence and patience is our understanding of family. Okay. Um, because I think the, the bottom line is what family means to us is that you're in it for the long haul. You're in it no matter what. And we live in a culture that doesn't have that as a significant priority. We live in a culture where people are upgrading their phones every year, upgrading their cars every two years, or, or changing things out because they're right. looking for something better. Mm-hmm. But family is supposed to be forever. That's how it was designed. And so when we first started our adoption process, we already knew our kids. And that's mm-hmm. rare in international adoption. You usually do all your paperwork and you wait to get matched. Right. We kind of came at it from the back end. And yeah, you met the kids. We and met they're like, the kids. these these are my kids. Yeah. And yeah. so there's nothing. I mean, as parents, there's nothing you wouldn't do for your two boys. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my two kids. It's just looked a lot different for us. Yeah. So tell us the story about the daughter. Okay. Yeah. Because it just (laughs) touches my heart. Um, Our daughter, we met our kids when they were four and seven. They are now 10 and 13. But when our daughter was seven and when we were first getting to know her, at this point we hadn't decided which kids God really had for us um, in adoption, but they, this was a little girl in the orphanage, and she and I were having a conversation one day, and I was just getting to know her, asking questions about things she liked and uh, things about her life and when she had been dropped off at the orphanage, and then I finally asked if she liked living there, and this was long before we found out this was a human trafficking ring, Right. Um, and so she, she finally admitted she didn't like really living there, and so I asked her where she wanted to live. That was one of those moments, luckily early back in my ministry days, where I'm like, why would I ask that now? <laughs> You're like, um, either she's going to say she wants to come home with me, and I don't want to promise anything I can't right. deliver to a child, yeah. um, at, or she's going to say she wants her biological family to come back and find her, which I also couldn't control. Right. And so I, I kind of was fearful about the response, but it took a few minutes, and finally she looked up at me, and she said, I just want a family who would love me. Oh, my gosh, that is so... So big. Yeah, that that's still so touching. Yeah, that still reverberates in my mind because that's when I realized that I had been given such a great gift. My parents have been married 38 years. Um, they have been constantly a support in my life. Um, there's not a moment in my childhood that I don't remember being loved and supported and appreciated. And so. I, I didn't realize how rare that was until I was sitting across from a seven-year-old, seven-year-old little girl who had never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And isn't it one of the most basic human needs is to be loved and belong? Yes. That's just and, – and a foundational building block for who we are as an adult. Yes. Yeah. And the impact that we can leave on others. I mean, just like yeah. your, your passion for leaving a positive impact, that positive impact starts in your family. It, it does. And, and we – without – deliberate effort we just kind of pass on what we've been given right and and it does take a lot of effort to make that change and kind of change the trajectory uh, that we were given as children yes yeah so what a blessing that you get to provide that foundation for your two kids mm-hmm. and you're expecting them home very soon about two to three weeks oh my gosh yeah, i'm we are so right excited for end. you thank you Yay. That's very much of a celebration. It is. Yeah. So we're going to be heading into a break. When we come back, I'd love to hear about your Defending the Cause Regional Alliance and the work that you're doing there, Um, why you decided to create an alliance, which like Mm -hmm. blows my mind. I love (laughs) that. And um, how people can get involved. So listeners, stay tuned. We've got more great information coming up on the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? 
Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Live with passion. Make a difference and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we have a very special guest, Tiffany Leffler of Defending the Cause Regional Alliance. And listeners, I want to let you know that if you miss part of this or any other show, show recordings are posted at theimpacthour.com and are available as a podcast through your favorite podcast app. So you never have to miss a beat. Yay. So we're learning today about Defending the Cause Regional Alliance. And Tiffany, why don't you tell us about what that is and what y'all are doing? Absolutely. So the regional uh, idea for a regional alliance isn't completely novel. There are some other regional alliances throughout the United States. There's about 15 of them that are partnered with the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And okay. basically it's a group of organizations who've decided that it, it's better to work together. And so whether it's agencies or nonprofits or churches, it's creating a group of similar-minded organizations. It doesn't have to be um, just for kids and families. There can be alliances for other causes. Um, mm-hmm. The Grace Network is a great one that does uh, human trafficking, and so they wow. align um, different networks um, and organizations that have that same cause. So. That makes sense because that one's a very multifaceted exactly. problem. So that would make sense. You'd have different organizations focusing on different things. Yes. So how many organizations are um, belong, is that the right word, to, sure. to the Alliance? Yeah. So the Regional Alliance just launched about nine months ago. We kicked off in September after about a year of vision casting. And so I work with an incredible group of about 30 different leaders um, throughout the greater Sacramento area. And right now I think we have about 20 um, member organizations, but that number keeps growing. I just had another organization join yesterday. So Congratulations. Thank you. It's yeah. exciting. It's basically we're, we're a group of organizations who have a similar passion to protect kids and strengthen families. Mm-hmm. Um, and the goal of that is really to create a platform where we can engage the community better because it's on a specific cause. Um, we really believe that the foundation of healthy society is based on healthy families. Mm-hmm. If kids are growing up feeling loved and appreciated, if they're being invested and poured into, if families have the right support, then we see the statistics change on so many things. And so it's... Our, there's our, lots of key indicators, right? Yeah. There's teen pregnancy, there's drug use, there's the future divorce. I can't even imagine yeah, all the indicators. I mean, it's, I mean, 90% of homelessness is linked to broken families and 70% of teen pregnancies. Oh it's, gosh. it's a lot. Even human trafficking, 68% of kids being trafficked are straight out of the foster system. Yeah, that's, that's a mind-blowing statistic. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these indicators and there's all these organizations to help. Mm-hmm. And you're helping to... Connect the dots. 
dots. Yeah, connect the dots. What does that look like exactly? Exactly. So we want to create a centralized hub of information. So we're inviting the community to check out our website. It's defendingthecause.org. Um, and on our website, we are pooling resources. So there's incredible ways for everybody in the community to engage with helping families on three different levels. There's prevention side for families where there's organizations that do great parenting classes or short-term care um, or strengthening men and women to be good moms and dads. And so people can get involved in the prevention side of keeping families together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt just because yeah. I, I spaz out. I get so excited about prevention yeah. because we can do so much on the front end yes. and not waiting until there's a problem. So I love that you include that as one of your three focuses. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately the, the Regional Alliance is all about prevention because if we can get kids into families um, or support the families that they're in, then we're preventing a lot of the other things that that could happen down the line with those kids. You could work yourself out of a job and wouldn't that be awesome? And that would be awesome. Yeah, would be great. Yes. Yeah. So our second branch is intervention. That's when kids are in an unsafe environment and they need to be brought into a safer place. And so that's uh, foster care. So we work with foster agencies. That's international adoption and private adoption or kinship adoption where an aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa might be bringing in a child. So we work with organizations that do intervention well. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a support category. Real quick before we get to the support category, um, because my background is in social work, do do you integrate in Child Protective Services? Absolutely. So all of the agencies that we current work with work directly with CPS and or CWS now. And so, yeah, we're, we're working closely with, with those organizations and making sure the, the kind of the, the diagram that is in my mind, the, the three circles of the agencies, the nonprofits, and the churches that we work with. Is okay. The agencies are the ones that most have to follow and abide by the policies. Absolutely. Some There's not a lot of flexibility no. there. Yeah. Nope, especially when it comes to kids. Um, mm-hmm. But there's policies that need to be created. There's mm-hmm. policies that need to be readjusted. And then there's policies that just need to be followed because they're going well. So agencies are really the key people in terms of following policy. Um, nonprofits, I've found, have amazing programs. Okay. And so they're creating, like, mentoring programs or advocacy programs or housing programs. They do great at, at one specific area or a couple areas, but they okay. create incredible programs. Okay. And, and that's because that's their focus. They yes, cho- They get to choose what they, they focus do. on instead of having it mandated. Exactly. Right. And then the other aspect of the Regional Alliance is churches. So we have church members, and we invite more churches to join the Regional Alliance because churches is where the people are. Mm-hmm. And so people can be mobilized. Everyone can be doing something. Um, our, our name, even defending the cause, comes out of Isaiah 117, where God's calling his church, his people, to defend the fatherless. And by fatherless, he didn't just mean kids without a dad, although he significantly That's meant that in included. Old Testament times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just meant kids without a covering. Kids Mm. without a protection, kids without an identity and inheritance, because in Old Testament times, when kids lost a dad, they lost out on all of those protection things, Um, and so their family no longer had income or support or identity. Now, orphans, kind of that term orphan sounds very different. We think... Yeah, it's it's a little dated for us today. Yes. I think of like Orphan Annie right. is what comes to my mind. But yeah. you have a much broader definition that's really more poignant for our times. Kids who don't have the, the support in place, the, the whether it's family or exactly. where they belong and are 
cared for and belong. Yeah, yeah. so that cause that we're defending is really for kids who just need a voice. Mm-hmm. Someone to stand up for them and say, hey, you're doing great. Um, come alongside them as a mentor or as an advocate or coming into their lives like we have for our kids where they need a new family and we get to be that. Right. So you've got the three levels. You've mm-hmm. got um, prevention yep. and intervention, and then the third is support. Yep. Support um, covers anything where we'd be wrapping around um, kids and families. And so um, advocacy organizations are incredible, um, being a court-appointed special advocate, becoming a mentor, uh, providing global orphan care where you're not adopting a child but you're maybe sponsoring a child overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, wrapping around foster and adoptive families is very important because they are the ones on the front lines caring mm-hmm. for these at-risk kids or kids with major trauma that have some behavioral repercussions because of that trauma. And so seeing more people wrap around foster and adoptive families is also something I'm really passionate about. But yeah. even wrapping around foster ki- foster kids, kids that are in care that might end up going back with their families, there's some great organizations I can think about. One of them is Royal Family Kids. They have camp next week, and they put on a summer camp just for foster kids so they can experience that camp setting. Oh, neat. Yeah, and another one, I, the organization that just joined our group yesterday is called Team Celebrate, um, and they were started by a freshman at St. Francis High School who wanted wow. to throw birthday parties for foster kids. Oh, so her organization so packs mean. these boxes. That's basically a party, a party in a box. Party in a box. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I just, I'm so impressed with her already just by her passion to help kids. And she actually had her passion start because she starred in um, Little Orphan Annie as oh. like as a nine-year-old. And so really had a heart for, for kids in foster care starting from that. So That's really precious. Yeah. You know, I spent some time poking around on your website, and mm-hmm. the, I, I can't believe you only started nine months ago oh, for as you. extensive it is. I don't even know how you get 30 leaders to, <laughs> to work with and, and all those different organizations. I, I really love the section um, area needs under yeah. the menu and s- so that the community really can be involved, yes. whether it's an individual or a group, how however they want to. And I saw some really neat needs laid out there. So yes. some basic things look to me like people getting ready to bring a foster child or an adoptive child into their home. There's carbon monoxide detectors. There's, yes. there's diapers. There's, you know, all, all these. And then things. and then there was stuff for to support the social workers who are in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned, it was mentioned on the website about, you know, burnout for these folks. Yes. That's some really tough work. And to be kind of behind the scenes supporting them, saying, I really appreciate what you're doing. You can do it. You can got, you've got this. And, yeah. and so there were gift baskets and I even saw Mercy Multiplied on there so encouragement gifts for the girls there just delightful options um, available on that area needs part of your website yes we're such an online community now and so people are shopping on Craigslist or eBay or Amazon all the time so we wanted to create something that was equally easy to use and Mm -hmm. so we worked with an organization called Meet the Need they're a Christian nonprofit out of Tampa Florida and they create software for needs databases so they created our database And so all of our member organizations can send in um, requests for donations or requests for volunteers. We're posting them to that central database on our website. And so we're inviting the whole community to come shop, shop for needs, look for ways to serve as a Bible study group or as a community group, look for ways to serve as a family where your kids can get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And the neat part is we take out the middleman because whenever you decide to uh, donate or volunteer, you're doing that directly with our member organizations. It's not necessarily. 
nice. going through us. Well, that's nice because it simplifies it for you, and they get to be connected yes. with the impact that they're making. Exactly. We, it's really tremendously important for people to have a, that sense of significance. Yep. And even more so if they can actually be in contact with the family Correct. that they're impacting. That's like the ideal situation. Yes. Yeah, what a neat idea to, um, you know, Christmas time and you're having to buy a present for somebody who's got everything, mm-hmm. right? How about if you give a gift to um, a child or a family or a support person in this system yep. and in that person's name? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. And Christmas is a big time of giving. It's amazing to see the community kind of come alive at Christmas time. And yeah. the neat thing about this database is that a lot of other times throughout the rest of the year, there's not a lot um, of donations coming into these organizations. And so this needs database creates something that's available 365 days of the year so that you can be generous at Christmas, but you could also be generous in March or April or June. Any time of year. And there's giving physical things. And then I saw opportunities for volunteering. For example, there was respite care. And I did respite care. I was a respite care provider for um, kids who had developmental disabilities to support their Mm -hmm. families so the parents could get out whether they needed to work or shop or just get out. And you talk about supporting, especially I picture foster care families, um, families where there's been an adoption and we, it's a whole other topic we can get into if we want to about kids who've experienced trauma. But yeah. for these families to truly be supported mm-hmm. in the work that they're doing, respite care is a beautiful way to do that, just to give them a break. Exactly. And then I saw on your website, like I really get excited about this stuff. There was um, suggestions like, you know, if there's a single mom next door, you know, you could offer to mow the lawn, mm-hmm. watch the kids so she can go grocery shopping or pick up some groceries for her. Or, you know, basically it would take communication to see what she needs and what would be really be a blessing. Yep. And I love the I love the support in helping them to do their job better. Yeah, there's a lot of single parents out there that could use some extra helping hands. No kidding. So your website is defendingthecause.org. Yep. And people, I I encourage people to just check it out. There's an amazing number because all the um, different organizations are listed just to see what they're all doing. In case you're interested in volunteering, that'll give you an idea where would be a good fit. And then there's the area needs section where you can just very specifically sign up and get connected in to volunteer or donate for something. So check that out. That's defendingthecause.org. We're about to head into a break, and we'll come back with some more great information about supporting families and children. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour. Anxiety, fear, and embarrassment. If you're one of the millions of Americans with unpaid or unfiled federal taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope and relief. Hi, I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. Tax Tiger operates on the Christian principles of honesty and integrity. We're a full-service tax firm. Not only do we protect you from the IRS, we prepare your back taxes, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate the best settlements in the nation, many as low as $20. You can trust Tax Tiger to give you an honest and free appraisal of your situation. We will prepare your tax return every year, even if you have no IRS problem. We specialize in settlements and audits. Call Tax Tiger today at 916-393-9085 to schedule your free consultation. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think, and you need a tiger on your side. Call 
916-393-9085 or visit us online at taxtiger.com. Sacramento's top employers are looking to fill hundreds of positions at Sacramento's 17th Annual Diversity Employment Day Career Fair, Thursday, June 29th from 11 to 3 at McClellan Conference Center. In McClellan Business Park, employment opportunities include finance, sales, management, health care, engineering, and more. Meet with companies like Blue Shield, Pride Industries, Delta Dental, County of Sonoma, Just Energy, Stockton Police Department, City of Sacramento, and many more. To get details, visit careerfair.com. Hi, this is Eric Olofsky-McKay, host of Real Life Lending. It's 2017, and this is the year for you to stop paying your landlord's mortgage. Work with me directly to learn about programs that are available to you and how to take advantage of the many down payment assistance programs in our area. Call me now, 916-806-0606. That's 806-0606. And don't forget to listen in to Real Life Lending Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Essex Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 70377, BRE 936013, DOC 603G833, Eric McKay, 288-343. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. A German light infantry battalion recently reported, according to the Wall Street Journal, that during exercises, their unit didn't have the munitions to simulate battle. Instead, the soldiers were simply told to imagine the bangs. All this comes in the aftermath of President Donald Trump's visit to Europe, in which he pointed his finger at the Europeans, including many of our most historic allies, for their failure to spend enough in terms of their military. The Dutch prime minister recently said, to an extent, he has a point. Indeed, the president has a massive point. As the Wall Street Journal reports, today European allies spend roughly half as much as the United States on defense, yet have less than one-sixth of its combat power. This is not a problem that can be quickly remedied. Perhaps we can understand why Vladimir Putin and others see the opportunity when we are told that a German light infantry battalion is having to say bang, bang to one another because they actually don't have the bullets. I'm Albert Moley. Wednesday morning at 8 on Money 105.5, it's Beyond the Numbers, your weekly look at the real-life issues related to your business, your taxes, and your money. With your hosts, Mark Bellows, a certified public accountant with over 25 years of experience, and Katie McConnell, certified public accountant and professional of human resources. Find Mark and Katie online at CLAConnect.com. That's CLAConnect.com. Go Beyond the Numbers with Mark Bellows and Katie McConnell, Wednesday at 8 a.m. on Money 105.5. When it comes to retirement, a lot of folks don't even know where to start, and it's easy to be overwhelmed and confused by all the information out there. Don't let that happen to you. Join Jeff Mitchell, the president of Monolith Financial Group, every Saturday morning at 10 for the Monolith Money Show to discover the strategies you need to know to have a happy and comfortable retirement. Start your journey into retirement with the Monolith Money Show featuring Jeff Mitchell every Saturday morning at 10 on Money 105.5. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. 
Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. I'm Rena, and I am joined by our guest, Tiffany Leffler of Defending the Cause Regional Alliance. And Tiffany and I could just talk on and on and on. I, I don't know if it's my background in social work or my passion for people being aware of their impact and making a difference, but uh, just delightful connecting with you today, Tiffany. Thank so you, Rena. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. us. Yeah. Now, you mentioned to me on break that there's a newsletter that folks can sign up for. Can yes. you tell us about that? Absolutely. So in order to unclutter your inboxes, and I'm sure we could all use some of that <laughs> to make more impact, um, we've created a monthly newsletter that we send out on the first of every month. We promise to not um, send you a bunch of emails, but um, just as a way of getting a snapshot of what's going on in our community for the month ahead, as well as um, we're spotlighting one different um, category, a way you could engage with kids or families um, that just comes in your inbox. There's some information about that specific category. There's a blog story of somebody who's stepped into that field and, and had a success story, so you can kind of read about a fun personal story. Um, and then there's a calendar of events that are going on around you and ways to get involved. And so I just encourage you, if we, on our website, there's a subscribe to our newsletter button that you can click. Um, and again, you'll get information from all of our different member organizations in one email. That's nice. That's nice. I, 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 I get emails from at least one of the organizations that's um, uh-huh. in your alliance there, so I could see the benefit of having, having that all come together in one place. So people can go to defendingthecause.org and sign up for your email and get it just once a month. Yep. And lots of really great opportunities to get involved. And I encourage people to just poke around your website, and it's an amazing amount of information and I found it to be really encouraging to see how much is going on uh, locally and abroad, Mm -hmm. you know, people really seeking to make a difference in the lives of children and families. So very exciting stuff. So I find it intriguing that you started an alliance. Maybe it's because I've never done that, or maybe it's because I love the idea of of coordinating together. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that process. How does somebody start an alliance? Okay, that's a great question. So it started with a lot of of prayer, honestly. It started with that. But then it really started by asking people um, in the community that I engaged with through my church-based ministry what their needs were. Um, And when you meet with nonprofits and when you meet with agencies, um, they have very similar needs. They're needing families. They're needing volunteers. They're needing uh, donations and supplies and and funds. Um, And so they're also needing engagement to the community. And that can be really challenging at times to go knocking on a bunch of doors, whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, you know, at churches or at community-based, um, you know, vendor fairs, trying to get the word out about the amazing things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so in asking those questions and realizing that they almost all needed the same thing and that there was this hidden competition you know, okay. that some of them would, would overtly talk about, but a lot of the conversations, it was much more subtle. Can you uh, tell me what, what, is, what exactly is that, that kind of almost hidden competition between organizations doing similar work? Yeah. Let's call it out. Let's yeah, take a look at it. It's not that any of the organizations are jealous of what the other organizations are doing, but they're just looking for the same resources. Yeah, it makes sense. And if there's a scarcity of donations and a scarcity of volunteers, then 
it's hard. It can be really hard to run a successful nonprofit or a successful agency. And so wanting to see the community mobilized so there's less of a scarcity mentality, but also wanted to see shared resources. A good example of that is through the Regional Alliance now, um, one of our members um, did a huge diaper drive. Somebody had come to their organization, wanted to do... That would be fascinating to see all those diapers come together in that one location. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be amazing. (laughs) But they got way more than they needed. And normally organizations would just stick it in their storerooms, but some of them don't have good storage places. Makes sense. Instead, he said, hey, we have more than we need. Um, And he brought what was left to the Regional Alliance. And we had another nonprofit um, that serves um, pregnant moms up in Auburn. It's a housing uh, facility that's called Blossom Place. They do great uh, mentorship programs and other things through Blossom. Oh, I love mentorship. They needed diapers. And so it was great because it was one nonprofit sharing what they had in excess with another nonprofit who had a need. Um, But if we don't have a common ground where we know what the needs are, then it's almost impossible to connect the dots. Well, I think this is great because it it speaks to, I mean, if each organization is operating independently, they would need somebody who's out there, like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. beating the pavement or whatever, knocking on doors, getting donations. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of manpower. And so to have each of those organizations having individuals doing that becomes very ineffective Mm -hmm. if they're essentially drawing from the same pool. Right. So I love that you're defending the cause regional alliance is, is bringing all the those needs and opportunities together for the community to participate. Yes. So starting to see how you're connecting the dots, yeah. making it easier for them to connect with those people who can provide the support yep. that they're looking for. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's a beautiful model. How do you go about doing that? A lot of a lot of coffee dates. <laughs> Um, you really have to you really have to engage with the person um, and find out what they need personally, what their organization needs, what the vision that they have. Each each organization has such a, a unique uh, calling, a mm-hmm. unique way of going about it, um, and so it really is creating relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of family okay. too, because family is all about creating relationships right. and providing for each other's needs out of the form of a relationship. Well, and in, in, in the context of a relationship, they're going to feel more supported right. than you know. Just filling out a form or checking a box. Exactly. So, and that makes a sense when you're first creating this this alliance. It, it's a lot of one-on-one. Yes. Are you, were you meeting with the heads of these agencies Quite a few of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was makes a sense. lot of individual meetings. And then we had three larger-scale vision casting meetings where we brought out the cool. whiteboard and we said, what does this look like? And we had, uh, you know, roundtable discussions where people would just be having open discussion with about five to eight people at each table. And we had 30 to 40 people in the room. And That's great. Nice turnout for yeah, something like that. Yeah, what it really was. I feel like this this vision for a regional alliance that's unified is not just mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's most definitely shared with all of my leadership team. They're an incredible group of people, and they're doing amazing things throughout the region, and we're just excited to see more unity come yeah. to that. And I think the, the goal behind the regional alliance is the win-win. Mm-hmm. How is it a win for the community? How is it a win for these organizations individually? And how is it a win um, ultimately to the kids and families that we all want to serve? Mm-hmm. And so just looking for those opportunities. I feel like anybody, if if there's other people out there in different business realms or community realms that are wanting to see bigger impact, my encouragement to you is find the other people who might likely be in competition with you or who could be collaborating with you and ask them what the win-win would be. That's beautiful. I love that win-win mentality. And um, 
Yeah, you know, a lot of times we people get their own little kingdoms going, yeah. and and you know it's like you know don't don't intrude on my <laughs> space, and this is mine, and they kind of yeah. want to block the other people, um, which is quite different than inviting people in. And I would be delighted if somebody came to me and said, you know, hey, I love to make people aware of their impact and help them make a difference. I wonder what we might be able to do together. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, bring it on. Yep. You know, that's a an abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality of I need to protect my turf. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and we can celebrate each other's individual callings because, again, right. each organization that I work with is so unique, which right. is fabulous, but they also bring something so unique to the table when we all come together. I love picturing that, the um, vision casting meetings that you had, and I can picture people just being able to bring their needs to the table and say, gosh, you know, I've just really been struggling with this. And then someone else, you know, me too. And someone's like, yeah. you know, what I did what, that was helpful was this. And, and you can get a real flow of synergy. Yes. And the synergy is, is more than just one plus one equals two. It, it synergy becomes much more than that, and it builds on that. Yes. So that's that's exciting. So you got to facilitate those meetings, and out yes. of that kind of came came the the group that became our leadership team, and the group that became our board of directors, and the the vision for that just has kept on rolling. That's awesome. I really celebrate that. It's very exciting to hear that that's a possibility for people who want to make a difference. They don't need to reinvent the wheel, but help to coordinate those wheels and rolling together. Yes. Very cool. We are heading into a break, and I want you to stay tuned because we've got one more segment packed with information. You're listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we have with us Tiffany Leffler of Defending the Cause Regional Alliance, totally making a difference in the lives of children and families. And um, you had some special events coming up that you wanted to let the listeners know about. So why don't you do that? Absolutely. One of the fun things that we get to do as a regional alliance is put on mobilization events. And so those events are kind of like TED Talks where we're bringing experts from the Sacramento region um, to you. We're going to cover three different topics at each meeting. Um, Our next event is going to be hosted in Placer County um, on September 7th at 7 p.m. at Destiny Community Center. Um, All of the information on our events is on our calendar on our website, which is defendingthecause.org. But at, at these events, we invite the community out to learn. 
And we, we have some great speakers each time. We have someone sharing their testimony of how their life has been impacted. And then it's an opportunity to engage with all of the organizations who are members of the Regional Alliance. Oh, really? They all come? Is it like a little vendor fair? They set up a little booth? Or yeah, how's that they work? Don't have, we do shared resource tables in, uh-huh. under those three categories. Neat. So we have a prevention uh, okay. table, an intervention table, and a support table. I think I'm like drooling. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was so you fun. You come and meet all these amazing people. It's a really fun time to connect. Um, and then we also have, um, we're putting on our very first outreach event, which is going to be a large-scale um, uh, meeting at William Jessup University on October 14th. It's called Standing Up for Kids and Families. Okay. And so we'd love to invite out the whole community to that coming in October. Um, we're going to have some interactive ways to learn what it's like to enter the foster system. We're going to have some great speakers, some um, good music. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. And then each of our member organizations will have their own booth. And so they'll set up their own whole display and you can engage with them on ways to, to get involved in what they're doing. What I think is so neat about those opportunities and, and like being able to connect with all the different organizations is those people are going to be really passionate about what they're doing. Yes. And it's just fun to engage just as, as it's fun connecting with you today. You're so passionate about what you do. It makes it easy and fun. And there's just a high positive energy because they're stoked about what they're doing yeah and that's what it's like well then we take something we're really passionate about and use that to make a difference so that's really really cool yes I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about children who've endured trauma okay. and what what that means and and what, how that affects families because I don't think this is addressed enough in in our society and I have such respect for the families. Um, of, of those children. Mm-hmm. And so I just would love for you to share some information. What do people need to know about children who've experienced trauma? Yeah, the trauma is, a, is an interesting thing. Um, Rena and I, during the break, were talking about uh, caring for ki- children with special needs or disabilities, and those things are very overt. You're, they're very visible, typically, um, but trauma is not. And trauma is one of those things where um, there's layers of it, um, and uh, so at, what do you mean by trauma for folks who yeah. might maybe aren't quite sure? Trauma comes in many forms. Um, a psychologist who shared at our parenting conference in March called them the big T's and the little T's. So <laughs> okay. there's the little T traumas, um, which is getting a bad grade on a test or having, getting into an argument or seeing your parents fight in front of you. Kids are experiencing little T traumas all the time. Life is just full of hard things. <laughs> the big T traumas are the loss of a parent or being taken into the foster care system or significant abuse or neglect, whether it's verbal or physical, um, those are the things that are creating um, shifts in the way children are able to adapt to their environment. Uh, shifts to the way children think, chips, sh- shifts even in their um, brain chemistry and their fight-or-flight responses. And so there's things that have happened to a child that they had no control over that they now um, either they're having fear or they have a shutdown mechanism or they have anger and rage and all of these things because there's been an injustice that's happened in their life. And so it which is Which is a normal and understandable response to those big key traumas yes. that they've experienced. Exactly. And so knowing how to process their world um, is significantly impacted when those traumas happen, and especially when the people who are supposed to be there to protect you, that are supposed to be there helping you navigate the world when you're younger, um, that when those people aren't healthy, then it's almost like these kids are traveling through life with a broken filter where they don't understand 
who's safe and who's not. They mm-hmm. don't understand how to have a proper emotional response when something happens to them that's maybe not positive. Um, and so it's it's challenging because these kids, um, especially the ones that have come into care, have been brought out of their environments because of significant abuse or neglect. Right. That's so. And that's just what they see on the surface. That's just what the county or the social workers know about. It, it's glaring it is. for that to happen, right, yes. for them to be pulled out. Yeah. So these com- kids are coming into environments where they're hopefully the, the new scenario, the foster home or the kinship home is a safe place, but they don't know how to handle that. They don't necessarily know. They don't have a paradigm for safe. They, they haven't learned how to navigate safe. All they know is unsafe, and, and they've got behaviors that, that fit that model right? And, and don't necessarily fit into this new model. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of survival mode going sure. on for those kids. I, need, I know even for my two kids, there's been times where they didn't have food. A lot of times where they didn't have food. And so I mean, all the books on adoption say, let the kids take the food to their bedrooms and let them hide it under their beds. They won't do it forever. They just need to know that they have snacks available. Right. And so, but, that, but that's, that's a nice piece of information for parents to have. <laughs> yes. Going into an unusual scenario like that, how, how do you deal with this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Karen Purvis from Texas Christian University used to say, never say no to food. Um, we have our basic needs in life, and when kids' basic needs have not been met, yeah. you need to always say yes to those basic needs. And That's kids, compassionate. Yes, yeah, they need food, they need shelter, they need love. They also need a lot of patience because they're learning to filter information um, differently, and kids use their parents or the adults in their life um, as a way of filtering. Mm-hmm. But again, a kid that comes from trauma has has a broken lens, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. on how to engage well or how to communicate well. And so even learning those tools um, can take a long time. And so my encouragement to the people on the front lines is your patience and persistence in keeping calm and engaging with those kids in a loving way makes all the difference for them to have that positive filter. Um, but for the people around those foster and adoptive families or kinship families, their, their parenting tools are going to look a lot different. Okay, so dropping the judgment that we may naturally have when we see what it's like for a parent of, of a child who's been adopted or mm-hmm. fostering and um, knowing that it's going to look significantly different than our experience. Yes. So what what can people do to really be a support? Because, well, before that, just real quick, it can be really traumatic for the for the parents too. Right. It is what I've seen. They to have the tools to, to deal with the kids who are feeling unsafe and behaving accordingly um, is, is very, very taxing, is Absolutely. what I've seen on the parents. So I'm really wanting to call neighbors and family and friends, people in the community, to have compassion for these people because it's different than than you would imagine. Absolutely. These these foster and adoptive and kinship families are on the front lines every day, and they're getting secondary trauma. Um, and a lot of foster care training orientation will involve having the conversation that when you're in it for a child, um, their needs come first. Mm-hmm. As an adult, you're going to have you know hard days. You're going to have kids that have a bad attitude or or just a really nasty response to you because of situations in their past so even though you don't deserve it it's not about you at all right but they're they're just on autopilot they're doing the best they can and boom it's right out onto the parent 
Exactly. And Mm so finding healthy avenues, having close friends, having a network of family and other people who are willing to support that. um, Again, having as many healthy people around the kid um, is is valuable too. having mentors and and parents and grandparents and other things (laughs) like just an army. It it takes an army to sometimes heal all these family wounds because kids need to see adults having healthy engagement with other adults. They need to see healthy marriages. They need to see healthy interactions between friends. Mm-hmm. Kids also need to see adults having healthy conflict. Right. They've seen really unhealthy conflict in their past environments. That would be very different. Yeah. And, and it's got to be modeled and not hidden. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love the idea of, well, I mean, it takes an army sounds, honestly, a little overwhelming. Yeah. And, and it's honest. And I love the way you bring in um, positive role models and mentors and support for the children, for the for the parents you know, for all of them. And I'm, I'm just so touched because I know that these choices will affect that child for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Still building the foundation that they're going to build their adulthood on, their identity on, their sense of safety and security, all of yes. that. It's, it's paramount, which has got to be challenging in, in the day-to-day grind of coming home from work and it was a tough day at work and you got to pay the bills and there's this problem in, in, in life happening and, and a child who's, who's, um, sense of insecurity and being unsafe is coming out. Right. Yeah. It is a huge challenge. A good friend of mine um, recently wrote up his life story in a book called dad for a day. And it's by Mason Gazard, but he, um, he, translates his his childhood and he remembers several significant events where people kind of engaged with him whether they invited him to stay the night um, you know parents of his friends or invited him on a family vacation and Uh how those had even if they were just a one-time thing they had a lasting impact on um, the decisions he's made in his life and the impact he's had on his siblings who he ended up adopting Um, and so I really feel like that's kind of something for each one of us as we think about our impact as we think about what can we do to change the environment that we're in in a culture where families are being broken down and kids don't have that safe loving support system how can we create a ripple effect. Um, and so I just encourage people to to think about it, to, to go on our website, again, defendingthecause.org, to look for ways that they can get involved, because there's something for everyone in terms of uh, protecting kids and caring for families. That's an awesome message that you have. Thank you so much for your time, Tiffany. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Lucia Capital Group. We believe there are three critical steps that should precede making any investment decision. Education, advice, and planning. Education. Learn about available options and expand your understanding of investment products. Advice. Get guidance from experienced financial planning professionals who you feel understand your specific needs. Planning. Choose a strategy that consistently supports your investment decisions. Where can you go for financial guidance? Lucia Capital Group invites you to build your wealth education at wealthed.com. 
WealthEd.com. WealthEd.com features live and on-demand video programming featuring Lucia Capital Group Advisors, who will help educate you about investing, give guidance based on years of experience in the financial services industry, and help you build a strategic plan that integrates 